My name is Aaron Walton, and I'm one of the pastors on staff, and it is my honor, as always, to have the opportunity to speak with you today, because we are going to close out the message series that we've been in over these last several weeks called Heart and Soul. And this has been an opportunity for us as a church to spend some time and focus in on the inner life and to ask the question, how do we cultivate a healthy heart and a healthy soul? So let's dive in, and as I usually do, let me start by asking kind of a simple question. What are the things, or who are the people that you are most thankful for? So take a second and just think about it. We're officially in November, so it's okay for us to start talking about Thanksgiving, about being grateful. So think about it for a second. Even if it's materialistic, that's totally fine. Who are the people, what are the things that you are most thankful for? Now, I have a very long list, and I could talk for hours about the things and the people I'm thankful for, but I'll just give you a few examples. Number one, I am very thankful, eternally grateful for iced white chocolate mochas, okay? Raise your hand if you are a coffee fan out there, okay? Yeah, okay. Now, I know, technically speaking, technically, that this isn't really coffee, okay? It's more like sugar and sweet and chocolate and like a little dash of coffee, but I feel like it gets me in the club. But this is my favorite thing to get, especially at Starbucks, an iced white chocolate mocha. But when I think about an iced white chocolate mocha, do you know who I'm really more thankful for? Starbucks baristas. I'm eternally grateful for Starbucks baristas. Here are my two favorite Starbucks baristas. This is Liz and Anika. They are Starbucks baristas off of Sunnyside and 147th and Misty. And I absolutely love them. They're awesome because every time I come into my favorite Starbucks, they always greet me by name. They have my order typed in before I even say anything, and they always just make me happy. They just bring me joy. So uh, if you have any baristas in your life, just go tell them thank you today, okay? Because I think being a barista is probably one of the hardest jobs you could ever do because you have to deal with people before they get their coffee, okay? And we all know how we are when we don't get our coffee. So go and celebrate a barista today. The second thing that I'm most thankful for, the second thing that I'm very grateful for is in-person, all-day school. Anybody else out there <laughs> thankful that we get to send our kids off to school? I mean, here's a picture of me, uh, the girls, before on their first day of school this year. And let me tell you, there's no greater feeling. There's no greater feeling than on a Friday morning around 7.45 we get to wave goodbye to our girls as their grumpy attitudes as they make their way to school. And my wife and I look at each other and we go, freedom, yay, this is so awesome. And we sing and we dance and we have a wonderful time until reality comes back around 2.30 and then the kids come back from school and we're like, hey, we're so happy that you're home. That's great. Let's spend some time with family. But when I think about my kids going to school, do you actually know who I'm more thankful for? I'm very grateful, eternally thankful for their teachers. Here is a picture of one of their teachers. This is um, Mrs. Westenfeld. Her actual name is Morgan, but I would never call her that, okay? She's Mrs. Westenfeld forever. She was Carly, my oldest daughter's teacher, last year, and she was amazing. She's also a part of our ALC congregation. I think she's somewhere right there you are. I see you right there. 
And here's what I want to say, um, because I know that teachers have probably gotten a really bad rap over these last couple of years. A lot of people frustrated, angry for whatever reason. But here's what I want to tell you today. If you have a kid or a grandkid or a neighbor kid in public or private schools, be their teacher's greatest champion, okay? Like support them 110% because that job is not easy. It is extremely challenging and difficult and the teachers in our community deserve our support. And if nothing else, pray for them every single day. We pray for my girl, like my, my girls and I will sit down and we will pray for their teachers every single night. We'll say, God, bless their leadership in their classroom and the Holy Spirit, bless their personal lives, Lord, and just let your Holy Spirit move inside of their classroom for all their classmates. So thank you again, Mrs. Westenfeld, for all the hard work that you do. Third thing that I'm most thankful for, this is probably the most controversial one. I'm probably gonna lose a lot of you in the room by saying this, but I have to just speak the truth. It's part of my job. I'm very thankful, eternally grateful for cold, wet, rainy days. Isn't that just beautiful when you see that? Now, again, I know that some of us are like, oh, my gosh, the rain and the cold and the red, but I, I love it, you know? Sideways rain is great. I just love it when it hits me, the side of my face. It makes me so happy. And one of the reasons why I'm so thankful for when the cold and the wet and the rain comes is because I have not forgotten what two years ago we went through. Here's a picture if you've, you've forgotten. Do you guys remember how chaotic that was, how scary that was? My wife and I, we live in Canby, and so our homes, we got to the level two evacuation. So we actually left our home thinking, who knows if that fire was going to come through. So because of this, I'm always thankful, always grateful for when the rain and the cold comes and the rainy days. But when I really think of how scary that was when those fires were going through, there's another group of people that I'm very thankful for, and it's for those who are firefighters, right? For those who give their life every single day, put their life on the line to protect us and keep us safe when the scary things come. Here's a picture of me and my brother-in-law, AJ, who's a firefighter in Tualatin Valley, and I am so thankful for him, so grateful for him, not just as my brother-in-law, but especially because of the work that he does fighting fires. I know how much of a toll it takes on him mentally, on his emotions, how challenging it is, how scary it is, and the sacrifice that he's had to make in order to do his job and the sacrifice that his family has had to make in order for him to care for us and protect us. And so if you know a firefighter, just go give him a hug today, okay? Just tell, tell him thank you because I don't think that is an easy job. So again, I could continue to go on and on and tell you person after person, thing after thing. But let me ask you this question. Is it difficult or is it challenging for you to say thank you? Do you find stopping, looking at someone, and just speaking the words of thank you difficult? Is it uncomfortable for you? Is it hard for you to look beyond yourself for just a moment and just see the blessings around you? See, here's the reality. We live in a self-involved and a self-centered society, right? Now, again, I'm not here just to bash the world, but there's a part of me that's so frustrated because it's difficult. It's challenging because we live in a world, and I'm sure you guys can think of people who are so self-involved, everything is about them. They don't ever think about other people. They don't ever acknowledge the good around them. 
Everything about their life goes right back to who they are, what they want, and what they want to do. And sadly, that's a lot of what we live in. It's a lot of what we have to deal with. And we live in a world where there is zero, absolute zero humility. I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of all these political ads and commercials, right, that we've been seeing over and over again. And what do they say? They're saying, we are the answer. These people are horrible. If you vote for them, the whole state's gonna fall apart, right? There's this attitude of, we got it all figured out. We're the ones. We are the saviors, so come and follow us. It is just exhausting. We also live in a world where we focus way more on the negative than we do on the positive. When bad things happen in our life, we tend to focus on that, and we tend to forget everything else that might be around it because we're so focused on the bad thing that's staring in our face, which is understandable, right? It's understandable, but we can be blinded to the good because we can be focused so much on the bad. Now, here's another reality. Studies have shown, they've done scientific studies that have actually shown that someone who is grateful, someone who is more thankful, someone who acknowledges the good in their life actually can live a healthier life. They've done studies, all these studies I read was they've taken a group of people and they've measured the thankfulness inside of their heart and their height of their minds, and what they've noticed is those who are more thankful are more healthy than those that have no gratitude, no ability to stop and be thankful for the things in their life. The studies have actually shown that gratitude can help you deal with depression, it can help lower your stress level, and can help you deal with your anxiety. Other studies have shown that by being thankful, by speaking the words of thank out loud to somebody else can actually impact your mental health and change your brain chemistry. So let's experiment this for a second, okay? We're going to do a little experiment, and, and just, I apologize ahead of time for this. This is going to be a little weird. But we all come into this room dealing with a lot of different stuff, right? Some of you might be happy. Some of you might be frustrated. Some of you might be all in between. We all have different emotions. So what I want to do is I want to play for you a song and see if it brings a smile to your face. Last time I preached, I shared with you guys that I have watched a lot of bad TV over my lifetime. But I've also watched a lot of good TV in my lifetime. And so what I want to do is I want to play for you a TV theme song that has to do with being thankful that always brings a smile to my face when I hear it. So I want to see if that's going to help us be more thankful and put that smile on our face. And so we're going to try this out. We're going to see how it works. Uh, we're going to play this song. If you know the words, go ahead and sing along with it. That's totally fine. I don't, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to be right there with you. But let's play this song and let's see if it brings a smile to your face. Let's go. Come on. Travel down the road and back again. There you go. You can clap. It's totally fine. You're a pal and a Go put your hands in the air. Go ahead and do that too. And if you threw a party. Come on, sing it with me, church. Anybody, everyone you knew. Best part right here. You could see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say thank you for Some of you are like, ah, oh, this is crazy. I'm getting out of here. Okay. What 
TV show is that song from? Let's give it up for the Golden Girls. I, I look at these ladies, and I'm always thankful every time I see them, okay? I spent most of my uh, growing up uh, late watching uh, Lifetime Channel, uh, Golden Girls, and Unsolved Mysteries. So that's, that's how I spent my Friday nights, okay? Just to let you know. There is something powerful. There is something amazing. There is something that it's hard to even explain that happens when we are grateful, when we just stop and say the words, thank you. But the question is, how does that help cultivate a healthy heart and a healthy soul? I know it's nice to say thank you. I know it's polite to say thank you, but what does that really have to do with my inner life? Well, let's dive into the scripture and see if we can answer that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a small story in scripture, story of Jesus, a miraculous healing that he did, and allow this story to teach us the importance of the inner life, the cultivation of the healthy heart and the soul, and the part and the role that gratitude plays in that. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along, starting at verse 11, Luke 17. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. A couple things to point out as we walk through this passage. First off, I love how Jesus interacts with people always uniquely, you know, always in a different way. He never dealt with the same person, this different situation, the same way. It was always unique in how he did them. And I love how Jesus is always working on two different levels when he interacts with people. Like he's dealing with the outside stuff, the external issues, right? The challenges that we all see and that we all face and those are all legitimate and those are all important. But Jesus, I always believe, is working on a deeper level. He's always trying to help a group of people or an individual in ways they might not even understand but in a deeper way. This is why we've been going through this message series called Heart and Soul because we understand the importance of protecting and guarding and cultivating a healthy heart and a healthy soul. This external stuff is important. The stuff that we see on the outside is legit, but it's just as important to understand how much challenge it is to care for this inner life because the enemy will seek after your heart. Every single person in this room, the enemy wants to grab a hold of your heart. And if he grabs a hold of your heart, then he wins. Because just as our soul and as our heart goes, so does our life. And that's why Proverbs 4.23, if you want a scripture to memorize this week, I'd encourage you to memorize this one. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. I love this beautiful truth that if you really want to understand the source of our life, it comes from our heart and our soul, from that inner life, that beautiful spiritual life that we have with God. And so we have to guard it. We have to protect it. We have to do all that we can in order to resist what the enemy is going to do because that's his number one target. And again, Jesus understood this. And so, yes, he deals with the external things, but he's also wanting to deal with our hearts. He wants to care for the inner Life. And so let's look at the different levels that we see here in this story. The number one is the obvious one, the outward, the external, a group of 10 men who suffered from leprosy. 
And if you guys don't know what leprosy is, basically it was a general term that they used for skin disease and a really, really bad skin disease. I was going to show you pictures of what leprosy looked like, but they were so disgusting. I said, now we'll just leave that one for another time. But basically imagine your skin, your body falling apart, literally deteriorating, immense pain, incredible suffering, a horrible disease. But there was something else going on with these group of 10 men other than just the disease that they had. And that was they suffered also from isolation. Imagine, again, back in the day, when you had this, when the community recognized that you had leprosy, what they would do is they'd basically take you out of your family, take you out of the community, and then they would put you somewhere far away from everybody else, and that is where you had to live. And until you got healed from that, you couldn't come back and see your family. You couldn't come back and see your community. You couldn't do anything normal. You were separated. That's why the scripture says they called from Jesus at a distance because that was the rules that they had to follow. So again, imagine this horrible disease, this incredible suffering, but also the suffering that they felt inside of just not being able to be with their family, not being able to be with those that they love, not being able to do anything normal. And basically they were separated and basically given the idea that you're just gonna stay here until one day you will die. It's incredibly heartbreaking. And I believe Jesus cared about both of those things. And I love the story how Jesus interacts with these 10 men and as he heals them, what does he say to these 10 men in order for them to be healed? He tells them what? to go and show themselves to the priests. Why would Jesus even need to say that? Like Jesus could just heal them. Like in that moment, just heal them. But Jesus knew and he cared about the fact that he wanted these people to experience all kinds of healing, holistic healing. And so in order for these men to come back into society, to be able to get back into their culture, to actually see their families, they had to then present themselves to the priest, the priest then could say they are healed and then they would be welcomed back in. So not only did Jesus want to give them physical healing, but he also wanted to give them a bridge back to their old life. So if you don't hear me say anything else today, hear me when I say this. The ministry of Jesus has always been a catalyst for holistic healing. What I mean when I say this is I think Jesus and God cares about our whole life. Heart, mind, body, and soul. He doesn't just care about the external stuff that we focus on, that we see. He cares about everything. And he especially cares about our heart, about our soul, about this inner life, the challenges that we are facing and wrestling through that nobody else sees. And so part of today is inviting us as a church to understand and believe and claim his holistic healing on our life. And so before I go any further, I just want to give you a space to ask this question. Is there anything that you're wrestling through in your life, in your heart? The external stuff is there, and I'm not saying that that's not important, but I'm also talking about the, the deep stuff, the inner stuff. Is there fear? Is there some kind of confusion? Is there some kind of sin that's literally just holding on and just slowly but quickly just taking away any kind of joy that you have? Is there something that you are wrestling through that nobody else knows about? I want to invite you, and I want you to understand that Jesus wants you to experience healing today, and not just on the outside, but from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes holistically. And then we're going to see, as we continue to walk through this story, 
that Jesus is gonna offer these men something even more. That there's the external, there's the stuff that he knows is going on inside their heart, but he's gonna offer them something even better, the best thing possible if they could truly understand it. So let's look at verse 15 again and finish off this story. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Okay, I'm gonna give you guys a little illustration here, but bear with me because it's, it's a bit odd, but I think it's gonna make sense. So May 19th, 1999, my brother and myself and our youth pastor and a couple of our youth leaders, we went to the premiere of Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace. Anybody else in this room went to the premiere of Star Wars Episode I or just me? Okay, we got a couple. We got, yeah, don't be proud of that. It's okay, put that hand in the air, it's fine. All right, Jeff, you and me, buddy. It was awesome, okay? Looking back, maybe the movie isn't as great as we thought it was, but going in the premiere was so much fun. And one of the lines from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, has always stuck with me. It's always stayed with me. And it was spoken by one of the characters, the wise sage, the, the Jedi master, the one and only Yoda, right? I was debating whether to say this line in my Yoda voice, because I've been working on it for a while, but I've embarrassed myself enough over the years jumping into trees as elves, so I'm just not gonna do that. But if you wanna find me afterwards, I'll let you guys hear my Yoda voice. But he says a line in the movie that has forever stuck with me. And so the context is Yoda is talking to Anakin Skywalker, who, spoiler alert, will someday be Darth Vader, and Anakin wants to become a Jedi. And Yoda's like, "Ah, I don't know about that. And Anakin's like, well, why not? And Yoda says, it's because I sense a lot of fear inside of you. And Anakin's like, why is that a big deal? And then Yoda says this. He says, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I could do a whole sermon on that truth right there. That a heart and a life that's consumed by fear, that has nobody to come alongside and to convey truth, a heart that is dictated by fear, which some, sadly so many of us fall into victim to, will always lead to anger. Anger towards this life, anger towards God, anger towards ourselves, and anger when it's allowed to brew and continually develop and nothing to come and check it and to get rid of it and to it'll lead to hate. And we've seen how anger in this world, in our culture, leads us as humans to hate. And what happens when hate is allowed to take to take grips of our life, it leads to suffering for ourselves and for those around us. And so I want to use the same idea, twist it, change the words, and give you an encouragement today, or at least give you some daily habits, some daily practices that can help us live out Luke 17. And here's what I want you to consider. Humility leads to gratitude. Gratitude leads to praise. Praise leads to Jesus. Now let me break this down for you. The first place it has to start, all of these conversations, every Sunday morning, anything we have to do with God, 
needs to start with humility, okay? We need to recognize, we need to come to an understanding that we don't have it all figured out, right? That we don't have all the answers to all the questions, and that's okay to acknowledge. That humility is actually a tool that God gives us to prevent ourselves from becoming, like we said earlier, self-involved and self-centered. It's one of the greatest ways, an attitude and a posture that we can practice every day that prevents us from thinking about everything for ourselves, that it's all about us, it's all about me. I don't care how much money you've made in your life or how successful you are in your career. I don't care all the things that you have. We need to acknowledge that we don't have it all figured out and we need to continually have an attitude and a spirit of growth and of learning and of trying to figure this out together. We are not the heroes of our story and we need to acknowledge the part that God plays. And if you disagree with me about this, if you're like... Aaron, I'm the most humble person you'll ever meet in your life. Like, come on. Like, I'm so good at being humble. I don't need to grow at that at all. Thank you for proving my point, okay? I believe we all can make this choice today. There's one thing we can all do. We can all ask God, help us be more humble. Help us acknowledge that we need people, that we need others in our life. God, that we need you every single day. We can't do this life without you. See, this is what happens, though. If humility then takes place, truly, if it can actually take a hold of our hearts and our lives, where is that going to lead us to? It's going to lead us towards gratitude. It's going to give us an opportunity to stop and to acknowledge the people that God has placed in our life, the blessings that God has given us, that we can stop for a second looking at our self-centered lives. We can look up and we can actually acknowledge the beautiful gifts the beautiful blessings, the people that God has placed in our life. It is really hard to do, but I think it's so essential that we can just stop for a second. And I can look at Jamie right here, someone who I met during COVID years when church was online and we were connecting, and I would say hi to you on the chat of the online. And ever since then, I have been so thankful so immensely blessed by your presence in our church, Jamie. You are a gift, and this church is blessed to have you. Thank you so much. I could talk about Verna and Wesley here, and the, the road and the journey I know has been hard, and even coming to church is not easy for you guys. But man, are you a blessing to me and so many others, to the senior adults, to anybody that knows you. Both of you are beautiful and amazing gifts. And I thank you so much for being a part of our church and for allowing me to know you and to pray with you when I can. I could talk about Will and Joe Burgess in the back and the way that they have loved and cared for me from the moment they first met me. And I've tried my best to reciprocate that love. And I'm honored and blessed to know you. No matter how hard of a time you give me, Will, no matter how many times you say I'm just kind of a weird little boy, I'm thankful for you. I love you. No, 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 this is not your chance. No, stop it, Will. I'm trying to say something nice about you. <laughs> but the road for them has been hard too. And health has been difficult and challenges. But this church is forever blessed because of your love and your presence. And I love you both so much. So incredibly thankful for you. I could go on and I could go on and I could go on. I could talk about Peggy and Dwayne here. And the way that they pray for this church. And guys, you don't even realize how often they pray for this church. 
but they do it not because they want me to say this thank you to them, but because they are being obedient to God's placement on their life. I could go on and I could go on and I could go on. And Pastor David here, someone I look up to and I highly respect. I wish I was more like David in so many ways. He is so wise. He is so amazing when he preaches, when he does things at church. It's okay. It's okay to stop. Look at someone in the eyes and just say thank you. And here's what happens. When in humility we recognize that we can't do this on our own and we begin to be thankful for the people and the things that God has placed in our life, what's the next step? We understand then what praise truly is. To be able to stop and to recognize the blessings that God has given us or just the fact that he is here with us because praise really is worship. And when I say the word worship, I know most of you are probably thinking about the first 20 to 30 minutes of a Sunday service, right? We got the band, we got the songs, we got the lyrics, and that's what worship is, and absolutely it is. I'm not saying anything against that, but worship is so much more than just singing songs on a Sunday. What worship is, what praise really is, is the recognition that God is with us right now, that God's presence is all around us, and we're recognizing and remembering what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And so if we have an attitude and a spirit where we recognize that, God, you're with us. Yes, I'm going through a hard time. Yes, things are crazy. Yes, I don't like the way this world is heading, but God, you're with us. And yes, Lord, I'm frustrated and I'm scared and I'm confused and I'm angry, but I remember what your son did on the cross. When we recognize that and we believe it to be true, what's the next natural step in that? We respond to that truth with our words and our actions. And so we sing songs because we worship God. We sing songs of praise because we're recognizing his place in our life and what Jesus has done. We begin to live differently. We begin to treat other people differently because we're responding to the presence of God in our life. The way that we handle our money, the way that we vote, the way that we care for our community and our neighbors, all of that can be a response to what Jesus Christ has done, and that is what true praise and worship is. And any time, any time we are invited into the presence of God, any time we remember the sacrifice and the, the life of Jesus Christ, do you know what happens? We encounter the living God. We encounter Jesus Christ. It's not just words. It's not just talk. It's not just something we do for an hour or so on a Sunday we encounter the living God when we begin to see him in every aspect of our life. When we begin to remember, God, you've done so much for me. You've given me this life. I want to take it seriously. And when we discover Jesus, when we encounter Jesus Christ, there's healing. There's transformation. There's renewal. All the promises that come with the presence of God are given to us because Jesus Christ lived on this earth and now lives inside of us. Look at the Samaritan story, right? What happened? Jesus said, you guys got this leprosy? Okay, head back to the Jewish priest. Head back, go show yourself. And what was happening as they were walking away, before they even got to the Jewish priest, they were healed. And this Samaritan which is always interesting. Anytime you see Samaritan or Samaria mentioned in scripture, recognize that they're also trying to communicate something in that because for the Jewish people, 
the Jewish disciples, this Jewish rabbi known as Jesus, for a Samaritan to recognize what was going on and for him to come back to give praise to Jesus was unheard of because the Jewish people hated the Samaritans. They never would have thought a Samaritan would have anything to do with Jesus or anything to do with God for that matter. But the Samaritan recognized the healing that was taking place and he responded by coming back to Jesus to say thank you, to coming in this attitude and posture of gratefulness. And then what happened after that? This Samaritan of all people was healed twice. First was the outside, the external, the leprosy was gone. But then what does the scripture say in verse 19? It says, Jesus speaks to him, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. So was he healed twice of his leprosy? Or was there something more? If you look at the word that Luke uses there in verse 19, what it's actually saying is, stand up and go, your faith has saved you. Your faith has rescued you. Your faith has delivered you. Humility leads to gratitude. Gratitude leads to praise. When we understand what praise and worship truly is, we will encounter Jesus Christ. And when we encounter Jesus, our lives are forever changed. I wanna give you three things to practice this week today before we go. Three real simple things. There might be challenging, but I want to encourage you to live this story out today. Number one, I want you to practice gratitude. I want you to find one person, just one person before you go to bed tonight and just look at them in the eye and tell them thank you. It can be a family member, can be a friend, can be someone in this church, maybe a stranger, maybe a Starbucks barista. Just go find someone, look at them in the eye, and just say thank you for what they've done for you or just for who they are. Second thing I want to encourage you to do is I want you to create space for worship. Now I'm going to make this as easy as possible. So I'll give you the, the option of musical worship, right? Which is again, what we do in the morning of services and what we're about to do in a second. I want you to find some space and you got the, to the end of the week because this is going to be hard. So the end of the week, on your way to work, on your way back from work, before you go to bed tonight, maybe sometime over the weekend, maybe you just have 10, five, six, seven minutes of just space to yourself. I want you to find your favorite worship song. Whatever worship song you love when we sing it here on Sundays, whatever worship song really connects with you, and I want to encourage you to create some space by yourself to listen to that song, to understand what it's trying to say, to truly recognize and understand, God, your presence is truly with me, even as I'm here in my car listening to this worship song. And then I want you to ask, I want you to challenge yourself to respond, not just in words, but in the way that you live. Find space to worship. A couple, about a month ago, I heard a worship song I'd never heard before. And it is so incredibly powerful. And if you're walking through a difficult time, this is an amazing song. And so come find me after the service today. And I'd love to tell you and share with you this amazing song that will forever change and impact my life. Third thing I want you to do before we leave right now, before we're done with this service, I want to encourage you to pray for holistic healing. Not just on this outside, not just on the external stuff. I want you to pray 
for God to encounter you, for Jesus Christ to come face to face with you so that you may experience healing holistically today. On the inside, inner life, the challenge that you're facing that only you know about. Because I believe this is why we gather on Sundays. I preached this sermon last week at our Sandy campus and someone came up to me during worship and he says, I don't normally do this, but I feel like this is a word that needs to be spoken to the church today. And I said, sure, what's that? He said, remind the church that he has overcome, that Jesus Christ has overcome the darkness, the sin, the hurt, the pain, the fear that so easily entangles us, that Jesus Christ has overcome. And I think we need to be reminded of that today, every day. And how do we do that? We begin by understanding we can't do this, God. We cannot do this on our own. We need you. We need you every single day. Lord, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for all the gifts that you have given. And Lord, help me respond. Help me celebrate. Help me be thankful for what you've done in my life. And I believe that when this humility leads us to gratitude and this gratitude leads us to a spirit of praise, what's gonna happen? We're gonna experience and encounter Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that I want more today than for each and every one of you to encounter the living God because he has overcome. Because there is no darkness, there is no lie of the enemy that is too strong for the God of this universe and his son Jesus Christ to break and destroy so that he can invite you in to a love and a relationship where you can experience that healing, that hope, that transformation. So I've asked the worship team to lead us in one more worship song so that we can practice gratitude, we can practice worship, we can ask for that healing today. And it's, I bet you can't guess the name of the song that we're gonna talk about today. I've talked about gratitude, and so I asked the worship team to lead us in the song titled Gratitude. Come on, guys, come on. I thought we, were, I thought we had this figured out. This is one of the lines from the song. So I've got one response. I've got just one move. With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you so much for this incredible church. Lord, in a, in a spirit and an attitude of humility, Lord, we come before you just to say thank you for who you are and what you've done. Lord, allow this moment to be an opportunity for us as a church to praise you and worship you, to sing songs that acknowledge who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, we don't do this just because we're trying to fill time. We're doing this so that we may encounter your son, Jesus Christ, today. Lord, I speak the name of Jesus on this church. I pray, Lord, for your healing to come upon us holistically from the top of our heads to the bottom of our toes. Lord, let us encounter you, and because we've encountered you, forever be changed. In your name we pray, amen.